Hey, Latinos in Clinical Research Community, welcome to our first webinar for 2024. Uh, today with me is one of our other co-founders, Ashley Margo, aside from myself, Monica should be joining us. Um, and today we have a very special guest, Ivan Cassi, who's a clinical research professor professional and associate director for a large international CRO in Mexico. So Ivan, thank you for being part of our webinar today. Um, I want to pass it on to you and you can give us a little introduction, uh, your background, tell us more details, educational, professional background, and how you got started in clinical research. Okay. Uh, hi, hi, Judy. Hi, everyone. Uh, first of all, I, I would like to thank to all of you, uh, all of the directors and all the committee uh, in Latinos in Clinical Research for the invite. I'm very happy to, to share this space with the community and with all of you. Uh, let me introduce a little bit about, uh, about myself. Uh, as you said, my name is Ivan Castillo. I'm based here in, in Mexico City. Uh, and while I have been working in clinical research for around 15 years, I'm actually I'm working in a top international CROs, uh, CRO in, in, in Mexico. Uh, and, and, and while I, I'm joined uh, in this file for around 15 years, um, uh, and while my career started uh, basically first uh, in the pharma industry, I started working in manufacturing areas. And then while I was working in, in the pharma industry, I realized that this war exists uh, to develop uh, drugs and medicine. And at the first time I, I realized that this, uh, this file was very interesting. So I started looking a little bit how I can be inserted in this kind of industry. So uh, after two years working in pharma industry, I, I look for different opportunities to join into clinical research, especially in the CROs. Uh, and then uh, I, I got an opportunity uh, here in Mexico. And since the beginning, I started uh, first as a uh, as assistant, as a project assistant. As, as you know, a project assistant or clinical trial assistant is the name of one of the entry levels in clinical uh, research. I started on that position. Then I have the opportunity to, to move into the CRA world uh, as a clinical research uh, associate. I worked as a CRA for around five years. And then I started my career in the in the side of the manager as a, a managing or leading teams of CRAs first in Mexico, then in Central America. Uh, and then I had another, uh, another opportunity to continue uh, my, uh, my career in, in leading and managing uh, teams but now in a regional perspective. Actually, I'm, I'm working in the in the FSP unit. Uh, this is a, a model that is uh, known as a functional partnership services. We provide services for all the sponsors uh, uh, in terms of the clinical monitoring, basically. Uh, and I have the opportunity to lead in uh, teams, not only in Mexico, but in all the Americas, excluding US, that this included Canada, Mexico, Central America, and different countries of the South America. So. This is a little bit about how I have been working all this time uh, along uh, in clinical research here in Mexico. Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, you've had different areas that you worked in different roles. Um, and I actually do have a question. Back then, when you were looking for an opportunity to enter the clinical research space, which you said you started as a clinical child assistant, um, was this just positions you were looking for in Mexico only? And was it easy to find that? Was there a lot of opportunities? What does that look like, the workforce in Mexico for clinical research? Okay, well, this is an interesting question because, you know, at least for me, it was not easy to insert into the clinical research industry. 
Uh, in, in, regarding my education, I am a microbiologist, and I also studied a master's degree in biomedicine and molecular biotechnology. And considering that, uh, well, my education and uh, um, that I had been working previously in the pharma industry, I considered that as the first instance, it would be easy to join into clinical research, you know, because, oh, come on, I have a master's degree. I have, I am a microbiologist. I have worked in the clinical, uh, in the pharma industry. But, you know, what was my surprise that to join into clinical research is not nothing easy. And when I started looking for an opportunity, every CRO, in every interview that I have taken place, it was the same statement that, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have experience in clinical research. So even though you have your education, you have your experience in pharma, this is, is not working for us. So you need to get a, a clinical research experience in order to join into this kind of industry. So for me, at least it was not easy. I knock different doors in different companies and always have received the same the same message so um, well after several attempts i i received this kind of opportunity but you know the thing it was that i had to start uh, getting experience since the since the entry level position so that's why i started as a project assistant as a clinical trial assistant like maybe every everyone uh, that had joined in into this into this industry uh, uh, and then well uh, th this was not easy in my time when i started in clinical research like 15 years ago uh, the the positions in in CRAs for for CRAs or this kind of of, of roles in C CTAs were not too much. Uh, the real thing that is that in Mexico during the last years, I, I would say maybe the last 10 years, the growth uh, in, in this industry, well, the industry has grown uh, very significantly in, in Mexico. Uh, nowadays, uh, I don't know, but the, the market has increased, uh, I don't know, 50, 60% based on some reports. And it is expected to continue growing the clinical research industry, not only in Mexico, but also in other countries in, in LATAM. Ivan, hola. Hola, hola. How are you? I'm good, thank um, you. This is super exciting to hear because especially, obviously, we have a lot of audience in, in Latin America. Yeah. And, and also we have many students uh, in, from the CRC academies and the other academies that we have uh, that are located in Latin America. So it's exciting because obviously um, we want to provide uh, opportunities. And, and I wanted to ask this, who was the company that gave you the first chance? Because this that, that can be memorable, right? Not, not every, as you mentioned, the majority of the organizations say no, right? And, and, and then you have somebody that gave you that opportunity. Could you yeah. just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. The, the company who gave me the opportunity was PPD. And I remember that at that time, I received a call for the recruiter to say, okay, Ivan, this is this is the recruiter for PPD. You know, uh, I received your CV 100 times. So <laughs> stop doing this. I have a review <laughs> with and I said, oh, okay, well, I have seen, sent it to you several times just in case you have not received it. But I remember, I remember the message that, that she told me, you know, I have reviewed your CV and, and considering your experience, considering your background, it is complicated to join into clinical research because you don't have experience in this area. But considering that you have been very insistent on this, 
the only thing that I can do for you is that I can propose, I can give you the opportunity to go into the interview process, but you need to start since the entry level position. So even though maybe you can consider this a, a step back, the idea is that you can start involving in clinical research experience. So but I decided then, to take okay, this. But, but, it, but it was also your, your, um, your decision or your determination to get it. So yeah, you were sending it, sending it. So that's that's important to know too, because a lot of people get discouraged. Oh, I send it already, and they say no, but they send it to different jobs. And uh, yes, Perla, thank you, PPD. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, thank you. <laughs> um, so it, but it was also your determination that actually uh, take you to that took you to that place. So, uh, like like I say, many people say, oh. I have applied so many times to so many job opportunities, but they don't have that persistence. And and, and I mean, it's, it's as easy as keep on forwarding your CV every week to the same person <laughs> yeah, or to the same place, right? It's exactly. as easy as that. You don't have to you don't have to look for anything else. It's just keep on sending it until they get tired of it. This is actually like 50, the second 50 time. 50 or 100 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the second time I hear somebody mentioning the same. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it takes. I mean, it's that determination. Okay, my next question is, yeah. that company, when you applied to PPD, it was PPD Mexico or PPD United States? No, it, it was PPD Mexico. At the time I joined it to the clinical research industry, the, um, um, the, the, the company has been based here also in Mexico. An office has been already based in Mexico. Okay, and then and have you ever worked with United States, with a company located in United States and not in Mexico? No, no, no. I have not had the opportunity yet to work with a with a company in the U.S. But uh, in my role, considering that it's a global role, I have been in touch with different uh, people in the United States and in other countries. Mm -hmm. Okay, because we interviewed somebody probably like two years ago that lives in Mexico. He's Mexican, obviously, and and he works for a company in Europe. So oh. it's, it's Similar scenario, but different organi different country. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I quick question. Um, so me, uh, me too. Actually, going into the CRO space, um, my first opportunity was with PPD as well, and so I can resonate with that. No longer with them, but um, yeah, I mean, PPD really gave a great beginning for me. Um, but I'm curious for you how. One of the things that I realized, because I worked here in the U.S., um, there really wasn't a whole lot of um, maybe other than one individual that I knew at the time, but he's also no longer in a director position there at PPD um, that was, you know, uh, you know, 100 percent Latino. And I, you know, in the U.S., I see and not just a PPD, but in general, I've seen that it is it isn't as common, you know, and um, I wonder how in Mexico, how do they go about, I guess you could say, nurturing uh, the growth for individuals to get into higher leadership roles, because I, I do feel like our community needs more of that. And so, you know, I'm just curious how that, how that happens over there in Mexico. Well, as you know, for example, in Mexico, the industry has grown a lot. So the people 
just to move from one role to another, uh, even from one CRO to another or from one sponsor to another very quickly. And maybe you have heard a lot uh, uh, about the uh, um, the shortness of, of, of resources in clinical research industry. And one of the reasons is because the industry has wrote a lot that we don't have enough time to develop uh, different people in this kind of industry. And also, obviously, in Mexico, uh, uh, there are at this time different programs where people can be trained in, in clinical research. But this is more recently, several years ago, there are just a few you can find just a few training programs in clinical research. So uh, uh, with, with it along the time, this kind of training uh, has been increased a lot and have led the people to get more involved into clinical research so they can uh, even, uh, even look for more opportunities, not only in Mexico, even globally. So uh, we have several examples and I have some friends that I have now they started working in clinical research and now some of them are working in the US, in Canada, in Europe. So at the end, we are trying to do our best to train people to develop, to provide with the, with the best uh, skills and, and, and um, scenarios in order to they can continue growing in, in this area. Sure, thank you for that. And yes, if any, if you do have any um, colleagues that are, you know, in the leadership roles, we'd love to be connected with them. We really want to make sure that we, you know, and not just Latinos, Afro-Latinos, you know, all diverse backgrounds so that we can then give that exposure to the community because I think it's extremely important, you know. Um, and so I, I'm very appreciative of you making the time to be here today. I'm really happy to hear your story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Going back to that topic, so you did mention the workforce has grown a lot um, in clinical research in Mexico. Would you say at this time there are a lot more opportunities and not so many people that are qualified to fill those or is it vice versa? What do you say uh, at this? I don't know, based on what you see. Well, I think that at this time, well, during the, the last years, the opportunities has been growing. But even even the the people do know sometimes do not know about this about this industry about this file. Obviously, after the pandemic, the people recognize more what is clinical research, right? About at least they can recognize what is phase three because of the vaccines. But before the pandemic, I believe that there are a lot of people that doesn't know about this uh, about this industry. After the pandemic, the interest to to grow in the clinical research uh, uh, increased a lot. Different universities different communities, different associations has been implemented, different a kind of training programs for, for the people. So I think that in, in this way, it can work uh, in both sense. And the idea is, is again, that we can provide a, a, the necessary skills for the people to join into the clinical research industry. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think, Judy, you cut. All the staff at PPD Mexico Bilingual. Uh, well, I, I, I will say that um, uh, at least working in clinical monitoring, in clinical operation is mandatory, not only in PPD, in all industries, in sponsoring CROs to have uh, to be bilingual, maybe not in an expert level. As you can see, I'm not expert speaking English for sure. I'm not native, uh, uh, but at least we require people to speak uh, and to it can interpret, read, uh, listen, and, and hear in English because all the information that we use, as you know, is in English. 
And something that I will say is that the, the language is one of the main barriers for, for Latinos uh, community to join into clinical research industry. Uh, I have found several uh, during, uh, during in my career, I have found several even colleagues or friends that they want to join into, into clinical research industry, but because of the language, because they don't manage a, a good level of English, they don't, they, are, they are not reaching the position or the, or the opportunities in clinical research. So basically it's mandatory to, to uh, the language skills in these cases. Yeah, actually, that was my question when I was going to ask <laughs> before Julie. It was, I mean, everything, like you mentioned, everything is in English when you're working on the environment, right? Exactly. So, okay. Exactly. Yeah, that's the same, that's the same that the older person that we interviewed a while ago mentioned to us. He was working on the uh, data part and the data management and all of that. And he mentioned the same. Everything is in English, so I yeah. mean, if, if if you have English and you have uh, maybe um, some sort of background in healthcare, and you have the desire to get into the industry, is is that you have at least two of the most important parts, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So for those who are listening uh, uh, in this in this webinar, if you are interested to join into clinical research, the first thing that you need to do is to study English. It's it's basic <laughs> and it's mandatory because, you know, we are like a global industry. So even though we have like local regulation that could be managed in a local language, uh, uh, it is uh, it is mandatory to have contact with other people in different parts of the world. So. English is basic for this kind of industry, I would say. Very interesting. I was curious, given your position, um, you know, the I guess kind of shifting a little bit is that the diversity is obviously it's it's been a big, you know, issue, but it's definitely kind of hitting the main stage, I think, uh coming 2024, and even more so with the Latino population. And I was curious for your opinion and your background. Um how how is it in in Mexico in regards to you know um, being able to actively you know uh, bring on patients? I mean I know you can't get into too much detail, but um, you know how is it how how do you feel that it is with diversity? How things how things are going in in your experience, not just the PPD but just in general? Um, you know how are you seeing it in in your particular role? Because normally we see individuals that are monitors and site owners, but as far as your position, this is a, I would say one of the first times we've had somebody from Mexico that has your role. So I'm just curious. Yeah, well, you know that now diversity is, is a very hot topic, right? In in clinical research, even uh, there there are as far as I know there are new regulation about diversity, how we are joining different kind of population into the clinical research, not only the studies, but also I think that in the industry in general, how we are working with different communities. So in terms of of, of my position, I think that uh, uh, well, in, in this kind of, of international uh, CROs, we have uh, different opportunities. Diversity is one of the main elements and even is one of the main values uh, for all the, the CROs. 
uh, to have people working from everywhere in every in every uh, role in in different areas. So I think that at least for for the CRO side, we have not inconvenience on this, and there are opportunities for everyone. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are seated or where you're coming from or where you are based. Uh, I think that there are opportunities for all in this kind of. Of opportunities and if, if you can see me well uh, I'm, I'm I uh, at this time I have the opportunity to to manage not only teams in Mexico but in other countries even in Canada I have a, a team in in Canada where I working with so it is it is an amazing to when you when you have that opportunity to work with different cultures with different persons so I think that on this side is is not a, a, a big barrier to work on that Obviously, we need to adapt to different kind of things, you know, in terms of the language, in terms of, of the maybe the time zones or any, any other things. But at the end, I think the opportunity is there. So it is that we can look for that. That's all thanks to globalization, <laughs> yeah. right, and the internet. So I, I wanted to ask something. Do you... For example, for somebody that is looking to apply for a job, let's say in PPD, how how does that work? Is like you go online and look for the job opportunities, and it's gonna show the different countries, or is like one web website that is the whole all the countries in that specific website? Well, um, uh, as you know, or well, I don't know if you may know, but PPD now is part of Thermo Fisher Scientific. Uh, PPD joined it to this company two years ago. Uh, so uh, all the position for those who are interested to to join to the company, you can find it in the in the web page of, of Thermo Fisher. Or also, you can also uh, look for opportunities in LinkedIn. At least here in Mexico, uh, the recruitment team used to post all the positions in LinkedIn, so uh, they could be available for all the people interested to join. Oh, that's that's great. You know, I have. I'm asking because I have. We we have many students in Latin America, like I mentioned before, but most specifically, right now we have a big group of students from Honduras. Um, and, and I know that the clinical research is not being very developed, but it's going in that direction. I'm assuming the whole, the whole, all Latin America is going to go in that direction this, um, I mean, the following years. Yeah, yeah, for, for those, well, it is important to note that some, some positions can, can be specifically based in some countries. Uh, unfortunately, in some countries in Latin America, uh, in Central America, like Honduras, uh, Nicaragua, we don't have an office there in that kind of, of countries. But even though they can look for a position and apply, and if there is any fit that we can make with the necessity exactly, and with the with the role, I'm I'm sure that the, the team can contact all of them. Yeah, the major we we have many uh, international doctors, so the majority of these students are doctors. <laughs> yeah. hmm. How would you um does um even not just PBD but in general um is there a lot of um how do I say, um, nurturing of, of, you know, the community, the Latino community, whether at PPD or, you know, any other organization you've worked at where, you know, they, they give you a space to, you know, also network with other individuals throughout the world that are Latinos as well? Um, well, if, if you're referring to inside PPD, 
I think that is like in, in any other CRO or any other international company, we have the opportunity to make networking with, with different colleagues around the globe. Uh, but there is not, nothing different on, on that. And obviously, I think that these kind of spaces like you that you work with, with Latinos community in different countries, where I throw LinkedIn or any other networking uh, in Facebook or any other tool, is useful to connect with, with other in, in different countries. Uh, this is this is what I I could say, but I don't know if I'm answering your. your oh yes, yeah. yes for sure. And I, I think the other one question would be, you know, given your background that you mentioned, it wasn't easy getting into the industry. Um, you know, most people will say, okay, you need to network. Others will say, you know, oh, you really need to, you know, like really be uh, persistent with your resume, as you had mentioned you were. Um, but would you? state that you know getting or finding an individual to mentor you is is just as important or could have just as much impact well i i will say that the first thing is also to be prepared by themselves you know a, a clinical research is is an industry and it's a highly regulated industry so it is very important to know what are the elements around clinical research about regulations about a, a good clinical practices about medicine even about the language so i would say that it's very important that for those who wanted to join it's very important to be prepared uh, either at the university but either are are any external training programs or or whatever, and after that, start doing this kind of networking with with others. Uh, I in my teams and with my uh, with the with the people, I have the opportunity to also to teach clinical research in some of the popular universities here in Mexico, and I recommended that they continue to tra be trained in different elements. And if they now are training that even if they are joining into clinical research, they can look for another programs like certifications, like the SOCRA, like the ACRP, in order that they can be continuous, be prepared for the clinical industry. Because as you know, this is an industry that is evolving every every day, right? Every day. So it is important to be to be prepared on, on this. Ivan, if you were going to um give um an advice or or some sort of uh, recommendation to all those new um, professionals that have interest on joining the industry or or actually what would you tell yourself your young self when you started to do mm, good question <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I, I will need to think but well if I if I get back to that uh, maybe I don't know. I will say that uh, on that cases, uh, I will tell to myself to to be more ready in terms maybe on on communication, maybe in language skills, maybe in critical thinking. You know that now critical thinking is also a very key element in clinical research. And now that we have a lot of information, we need to be very strategic in how we analyze and uh, how we we evaluate the information, all the data that is coming from the from the uh, from the clinical research, and maybe well now that I remember, I I would say that uh, for me at that beginning it would be great to take a course in Excel. <laughs> now that we are talking <laughs> in analyzing the data, is is good to do, to take a training in Excel. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. And uh, and uh, what would you tell that younger self about the industry? 
like is is something that you're very proud is something that i mean keep up the good work this is an industry that is amazing something like that or or it's just no i'll just go a different route <laughs> no you, you know well i will uh, when when i was uh, uh, trying to join into clinical research and um, um, i had like a parallel way to to continue working in in manufacturing industry at that time i remember that uh, in mexico was uh, was building like uh, facilities for production of vaccine of influenza vaccine here in mexico and i was in that kind of process also in case clinical research was not an opportunity for me you know and it was curious in in my career because at the time i received the opportunity to join in clinical research i received also the opportunity to continue working in that new facilities for vaccines production and at that time i would say oh my god what would be the best clinical research it's is like a very new industry here in mexico Pharma industry has a very recognized industry, has a lot of future. Most of the of the professional at that time wanted to work in, in pharma. Well, maybe nowadays is also the same. But I realized and well, I decided to take the risk for clinical research, you know. And at this time, for sure, I did not regret. I I I assume that and I'm very confident that I take the, the best decision to continue in this in this career because I love clinical research. I have found different opportunities. I have no different. I have met people from uh, from different parts, making connection even outside of Mexico. So I'm I'm very happy to 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 continue on on this and for the decision at that time. Okay, now you make me curious. What was that uh, reason that actually took you to choose research instead of the other route? Um, well, I, I, at that time for me, it was very new, a very new uh, work, uh, uh, something that I I was not uh, too aware of this, how the, how to develop new drugs, how to make monitoring, how to make clinical research. So that's kind of things and a different model that I used to work maybe in the lab, in the industry, in manufacturing, holds more my attention to to continue on that curiosity, way. Basically curiosity. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's that, that's probably the, one of the best skills to have in research, and probably in every industry, but research specifically, because everything is new all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I wanted yeah, the... to ask something. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh... No, no, go so I wanted to go back because you had mentioned about some uh, training you do at the university, some of the main universities in Mexico City, I think. So is that an actual like program in research? Is it just a one-time course you do? What exactly is it that you do at the university to get provide okay. that training? What training do you provide? Yeah. Yeah. Here in, in, in Mexico City, there are some universities that, uh, that offer like a training program. It is like a postgraduate program in clinical research. And most of the health uh, and science professionals used to take these kind of programs after graduated uh, in order to try to insert in a different kind of industry. Uh, I have been invited uh, for several years ago to be part of this kind of training program, specifically in clinical research and monitoring for those interested to join into clinical research. So, what is so, the, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. So I was going to say, so someone's going to college, getting their degree, bachelor's degree. This is like another program they could take in addition to what they're trying to do. Exactly. Or if they want to go back and do like a certificate program, this would be something that's offered at those universities. Correct. Yeah. 
this is okay. this is after they started the university in 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 mm -hmm. Y university i also uh, started uh, teaching uh, is is now is part of the of the of the regular program at the university for health science professional that i think it's it's very important because Maybe some of the universities here in Mexico follow this example to join into their programs this kind of of, of training, of course, uh, to be part of the of the university programs. Maybe some of the of the of the students that I have had in some of these kind of programs are are connected. So I think that has been very useful for for them because at least if I compare myself with them at the time I I was graduated, I have no idea about clinical research, and now most of them uh, could know about uh, more a little bit about this. That's very cool, and and you know, thank you for sharing that and that you're able to be part of that because I think we. We used to have a similar situation in the U.S. I think there's more programs now, certificate programs, but it was the same thing. How do we get clinical research to the younger generation, right? Yeah. How do we get it to them in the schools? And so that's really cool to hear that that's happening in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I I saw like a question here in the chat, and yeah, there there are there are degrees in clinical research, but as far as I know, in Mexico, most of these kind of programs in clinical research are starting as a postgraduate program or even as a master degree uh, program. So the people start making more involved in clinical research after after university, and the idea is that we can involve earlier, more earlier, right? So I think and that do was you know what question. are the requirements? Do you know what are the requirements? Like, for example, if they ask that you have to have a, a specific type of um, uh, education or bachelor's or degree, or or like uh, if they have to speak English, for example, uh, in order to join these uh, classes. Yeah, I, it, well, in the places where I used to uh, teach, the, the main requirement is that they are uh, bachelors in health science. Uh, it is the, the main requirement. Uh, and also uh, they need to pass like a English English exam with the with the uh, uh, basic levels at least. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. Obviously, I mean, if uh, what would they do with that with the with the degree if they don't have English? Exactly. If they don't know English, then yeah. Yeah, so and because the information and even though the training is provided in, in Spanish, the information that we provide to the students is in English. When we review a protocol, when we review a monitoring visit report, when we review a, I don't know, a follow-up letter or any kind of information, basically it's in English. So that's why I, I insist again, English for this industry is, is basic, it's mandatory for all of those who are interested. Very good. Yeah, I, th yeah. I think we have another question. Oh, no. Yeah, I think, well, there was one question. You kind of meant um, talked about it a little bit, but getting into the industry already has its challenges. What tips do you have for someone with an associate's degree in clinical trial research versus someone with a bachelor's degree in something else other than yeah. clinical research to begin in this industry without experience? Okay, okay, sorry, but I, I hear some noise in the background. So can you repeat the, the question? Really, yeah. So get uh, getting into the industry already has its challenges. What tips do you have for someone with an associate's degree in clinical research versus someone with a bachelor's degree in something else that's not in clinical research to begin in this industry without experience? 
okay, without experience. I, I think that the best, uh, well, the, the best thing that you can, uh, um, or you can focus is first uh, in, in, in solve the skills. It is important that for those who are part of the jail or, or has a, a, any kind of, of involvement in health science or nursing or whatever that are involved in medicine, the other part to be uh, aware is about the soft skills. Clinical research uh, uh, it requires um, contacting with different people at different levels, with doctors, with CROs, with a sponsor, with, with global teams. So trying to, to uh, to, to increase these skills in professionalism, in, in communication, in leadership, will help a lot to start joining into the clinical research. And also, I don't know if you, maybe you have heard about the, the, uh, the framework of, uh, of competencies and abilities required in clinical research. Uh, and in that, in that framework, uh, you can find eight different elements required for all clinical industries for all clinical research industries. So if you can try to take a look on this framework, you can you can you can review what are the main competencies and abilities required for all professionals that wanted to join into this file. Yeah, and also that changes depending on the country, right? Because the thing United States is a little bit more open to other professionals, while in other countries it actually requires a healthcare background. Like I'm, I'm almost positive in the majority of countries in Latin America, that's the case, uh, that people require some health or science background, while in United States is a little bit more open. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can, I can share with all of you this framework of competencies. Oh, that would be amazing. Clinical research. So, in case yeah. there is someone interested here. Let me let me put this in in the in the chat. For those interested, you can take a look on this on this link, and you will find this uh, framework of competencies and abilities required for all clinical research professionals. And you can see what is the level of competencies required on each on each of these of these competencies. So it's wow, very interesting. Wow! Thank yes. you for sharing. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much, Ivan. It's going to be super helpful for many people. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I wanted to kind of like um, go into something else um, and change it a little bit. Um, so I know you've been doing this for a while, right? All your different roles and background. Um, what are you looking to do in the future? What would you like to do? What, Whether it's a different change in role or, you know, in the future, what where do you where do you see yourself? I guess in five ten years in clinical research, if you know, if that's something you're looking at doing. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's it, it's also interesting to to know what would be my 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 way in in the in the future. And um, something that I that I can say is that my intention is to continue working here in clinical research industry. This is my my main point to continue working i love clinical operations i love to be in contact with the operations of the and conduction of clinical trials uh, i also love to manage uh, to continue managing teams uh, i actually well there is not too much time that i started leading teams in a different in a different countries for example canada uh, that for me has represented a, a real challenge to be in touch with people with a different language with a different regulation with a different operation with a different uh, with a, a very 
increased set of difference compared with Mexico or, or even other other uh, countries in Latin. So uh, I, I would like to continue uh, learning about how other countries uh, perform and conduct clinical research. So I don't know, in the future, I, I also can see myself leading uh, teams uh, uh, in other countries, maybe in other regions, getting more involved in the operation uh, for other sponsors, maybe for, for different sponsors. And, I and hear it's... a lot of operations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so I'm sure. that's going to be, right. gonna be your, your, your path. Right, it looks yeah, like... The, this is the thing that I most love about and this. And how easy or hard is it to transition uh, your PBD Mexico, say you wanted to, or you had to relocate to another country? Is that an easy trajectory or transition if you're within the same sponsor, I mean, CRO? Um, I, I have seen different examples of people who is who is well who has moved from one country to another, not only for Mexico, but even for other countries, Mexico, Brazil, uh, uh, Colombia, either. So uh, I, I think that it will depend uh, of different elements. First, the need of the company or also uh, uh, the country, the study. Uh, also, uh, it, it is important about the companies because uh, as you know, to relocate one people from one country, another is not easy. It, it involves a, a immigration laws, a, a sponsor, for some of the companies uh, and not all the companies are, are sometimes uh, aware or willing to do to do that or to support this but uh, at the end considering that we are a global industry uh, I think that is an opportunity for everyone working working here I have a lot of examples for our friends that have moved uh, from Mexico particularly I have a friend who well, it was my friend in the university we both started working in, in PPD. Uh, he moved to Canada and he is currently working in Canada. I have another friend that is work that are working in Spain or uh, or UK or or other other countries in the US also. So I think uh, uh, considering that it's a global industry, there is also opportunities to to relocate for 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 other countries. I'm gonna piggyback in that question. So is is Mexico? Does Mexico has many are professionals from other countries from Latin America or not really? I mean, I'm asking because obviously there is a shortage globally, right? There are not many people working on this industry. So naturally, there are not professionals that are located in the country. Would they? Are there many professionals from different countries working in Mexico? In, in Mexico specifically, mm -hmm. I, I think not too much. Uh, I, I don't know really. But uh, as long as the people uh, can be uh, 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 like legally stayed in, in the country uh, with all, all documentation in place, I think that they can uh, see opportunities and try to acquire one of them. Uh, oh, this, this is another, another important point. Uh, but in Mexico, I think the majority uh, are Mexicans because we are not like a diversity country, you know? Okay. Well, but in Latin America is one of the 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 main countries that people will be interested to move, right? right. So because of all the trajectory and obviously the economy and all the opportunities. I mean, I would. I would yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, family in Mexico, I'd like to. I'd love to transition over there if I could. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. So so see. 
even somebody from here would like to move there. So I think it's because it's a pretty interesting country and then having all those opportunities. But obviously, the, the countries in Latin America, believe it or not, have more difficult uh, immigration process. Like I'm Colombian, I know it's it's nearly impossible <laughs> to get Colombian papers if you're not Colombian. So uh, I, I'm assuming it's, it's almost the same throughout the whole Latin America. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and uh, well, it is important to consider that as a as an international company, we also ensure, and I'm sure that is not the uh, only PPD, is all the CROs in general that we need to ensure that all people that is working uh, uh, with the companies based in the different countries needs to ensure that they are like all in rule, right? All mm -hmm. the papers, all documentation, they are in the country, they are international, uh, they need to ensure that they are meet with all the rules and labor regulation for each of the country in order to join. So as, as long as they can they demonstrate this, they can acquire and they can be uh, they can be avail available, uh, they can be able to, to get an opportunity into the company so, or insert into the different process. So we have a question from Perla Nunez. She's asking, have you visited PPD in Wilmington, North Carolina? No, fortunately not. I have the opportunity to visit uh, the office in Wilmington, but in Raleigh. Uh, so I know I know some office in uh, of PPD around the globe in in Canada, in US, in Raleigh, in UK. Uh, but unfortunately, I have not had the chance to visit uh, Wilmington so far. Awesome. Yeah, I actually, and that's what I was, you know, in Texas. I never got to see any of them actually. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's. I mean, I think it's it's great. Um, you know, one that you're doing what you're doing. Two that you really love what you're doing, and to know that you're going to be in the next few years, even in higher roles and positions, that's honestly one of, if I could ask for anything in the next three to five years is to be able to see more and more Latinos in higher role positions, not just, you know, at sites, but CROs and sponsors representing our, you know, our community, um, amazing, you know, as much as possible. And really just, you know, also, you know, um, taking a handout and helping the rest of the community, right? And just maybe not so much, you know, you have to get them jobs or anything, no, but just, you know, sharing the wisdom, letting them know that it's possible, being that representation that it's possible because it is, it's just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a definitely, it's a journey <laughs> for everybody. So, but yeah, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, but that's, thank you for mentioning that, Ashley. That's actually our responsibility to tell the world about research, especially our family and friends, because many people, even the, our own family, don't really understand what we do for work. So starting from that, from that, uh, from the people that surrounding us, spreading the word that will be amazing, even whether they go in the direction of going in this profession or they decide to participate in a clinical trials. I, I always tell people that participating in clinical trials is like letting our boys be heard, right? So it's, it's, it's a way to, 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 it's like when you vote, right? <laughs> for a president or for somebody, it's you're participating, your voice is there, you're part of the data. And uh, the more Latinos participate in clinical trials, and I mean, obviously the whole world, we will have more effective drugs for everybody.
No, absolutely. Oh, and I, no, absolutely. And I will say that it doesn't matter uh, the side that we are working on, on this process, right? No, it doesn't matter if you are on the on this on the site, on the side side, on the sponsor, on the CRO, or any other companies around there for recruiting, for advertising, for ethics committees, etc. I think that the uh, as you said, Monica, the main goal is to bring more uh, innovative therapies uh, that can help people. So it doesn't matter where you are sit from. The idea is that we can uh, get involved and contribute with our best uh, to, to have more more uh, new drugs and medicines that help, can help people, for sure. Yes, I wanted to add, you know, thank you for coming on today because we, we know these roles that exist in other countries, but we don't get to hear from individuals that actually have these roles in other countries. And especially like, like you start at the bottom and you move to our way up. So thank you for going over that with us, for sharing that with our LICR community, because there's a lot of people that could be based in Mexico that are going to watch this video that didn't realize they could have these opportunities that are hopefully going to go back and do research and, and update themselves on how they can start in the industry because um, I think this is what we're doing in Latinos in clinical research is interviewing people um, bringing this information to others so they can hear and see that it is possible right there there's opportunities out there you do have to look for them you do have to spend the time you do have to apply and it's going to take a lot of work to get it especially with no experience but there are opportunities uh, just connecting with the right places going to the right job postings with the right company ppd <laughs> they'll give you the, those opportunities um, so thank you for sharing that with us today no, thank you. Thank you all for, for the invite and for sure, uh, let me know if, if I can do for, for the community. I'm very, very happy to, to connect with all of you and if there is anything more I can do to, to continue promoting with you a, a clinical research industry about how we can do uh, the things better, please let me know and I will be happy to, to join. For sure, thank you. I, I, Ivan, how people yeah. can connect with you? Uh, well, uh, you, you can con you can find me in in LinkedIn. is is the only uh, social media that I use. But in LinkedIn, you can you can find me. Uh, my name is Ivan Castillo. You can find also the the title there. And for sure, we can connect through through LinkedIn. That is the the, the main the main media that I use. Thank you so much, Ivan. I really appreciate thank you it. so thank you much, so much, okay. everybody, for being here today. We appreciate it. This recording will be posted. Please share with those that you know who could really use the information. And again, thank you so much, Yvonne. Everybody, you have a, a great night. And until next time, thank okay. you. And see you thank next you. month for those attending Save Our Sites Go conference. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Good night. Bye.